Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. Welcome to another Q&A with Dr. J. I browse the Come and Reason website as well as study the posts and comments on social media to discover what people want to know concerning life in general and how God fits into it. Then I ask Dr. Jennings right here on Skype to answer the questions that seem to be on the hearts of so many. Dr. Jennings, are you ready to enlighten us? Well, I'll do my best, Charles. We'll see. (laughs) All right, great. Here we go. Question number one for today. Dr. Jennings, I love Jesus and want to be a witness for him. But how do I do that without turning people off or making them think that I'm a holier-than-thou kind of person? Hmm, Good question. Yeah, I think it's a great question, and I think that always starts first with our personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and that we have that daily devotion time, keep our eyes fixed on Christ, and our primary motive is to live in the way we conduct ourselves as practitioners of God's principles and methods, Mm -hmm. that we are practicing in our own decision-making, our own speech, our own attitudes, a love for God and a love for other people, so that we may not actually quote Bible verses to them, but they will see the joy that we have, they will see the peace that we have, that we don't get frightened by the news stories, we don't slander people, we don't jump on the, the bandwagon of popular opinion of negativity, that we keep a certain quiet reserve, perhaps, and uh, and positive energy as we seek opportunities to speak truth and love. That's the first. Yeah. Second, we get to know people. Get to know them, get to know their interests, get to know what they like. And the closer we come to people and show interest in their life and their health and their welfare— taking time to do something that's of interest to them. Maybe they have a 5K that they're promoting for some charity in the community, and you go out and you join and help out handing water bottles for them. Mm -hmm. Then as they know that you're interested in similar things, you'll have opportunity to share what you understand of the gospel message because you've shown interest in them. I would caution, though, that the things you join to associate with would be things that you actually support in principle. There are many causes in this community Mm -hmm that have community events, that the causes themselves are antagonistic to godly principles, and we don't want to identify or associate with those systems that we understand are working against the principles of God. But to the degree you're able to join them and help them out in some way personally, then you may have opportunity. And then inviting people to your home, maybe invite them to your church or to a Bible study. I think a Bible study with you would be more effective than inviting them to your church. And that Bible study, then can be an opportunity for discussion and showing respect for for their opinion. And as they share something you disagree with, you might ask, help me understand why that's what uh, you're, the way you see it. I've never heard of it that way before. Share with me where you get that from and let them share their insights and you'll learn about how their mind works and you'll see opportunities to, to maybe help them reframe it or re-see it. All right. Q&A with Dr. J. Question number two today, Dr. Jennings. When people talk about the end time, this person's saying, when people talk about the end time of this world as identified in the book of Revelation, I get afraid. What should I do and how should I feel? 
Well, I would step back and say, what are you afraid of? I think the devil, the Bible says he, he goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And what does a lion do? What's its roar do in, in nature? It's designed to incite fear. Mm-hmm. Bible says perfect love casts out all fear. And so there's an antagonistic process. I think the devil wants to incite fear where the Lord wants to incite love, which will take away our fear. And so to the degree they're experiencing fear, trace it back. Fear of what? Is it is it fear of something physical that that you will be tortured on a torture rack of the dark ages is it fear of imprisonment is it fear of financial ruin what what is the source of the fear and then take that fear to the lord and understand his promises that his agencies will give victory and ultimately we do know the bible describes terrible times coming upon the world but the bible describes that those terrible times lead to delivery of God's people in an earth made new. Jesus uses the metaphor of a woman going into labor. All those who have gone through that process, just consider, and if you haven't, you can generally empathize with the process, but consider a woman who's pregnant, and as the pregnancy is in its eighth month and it's drawing near term, uh, does the woman or the husband pray, Lord, please, please let this go on another nine or ten months before (laughs) delivery? No, they don't. Do they expect it to be a pleasant time? Oh, we're looking forward to this. It'll be like getting a massage. This will be really fun. Or do they all anticipate that? This is going to be quite painful. It may be tormenting in a certain way to yes, the woman yes. and even to the husband as, the, as he's in there with her. And it may go on for hours, even days sometimes with pain. Does anyone anticipating that crescendoing, increasing the labor pains get more intense and they get more frequent, building, building, building? Does, does anyone uh, in that process say, I just wish we could put this off another nine months? Mm. No, they know it's going to be awful, but they still want to go through it. Why? Because they know with confidence what comes at the end of the pain delivery happens and they have the joy of that new life in their arms. And what happens is Jesus wants us to have that same confidence that yes, there may be trials, they may get more intense, they may be more rapid, but what's coming is delivery and we get a new life in a new world with no more pain and suffering. Oh my, beautiful answer. Question number three for our Q&A with Dr. J. Dr. Jennings, What's the best way for me to teach my young children about God? I want them to love him as much as I do. How do I begin? Well, I would tell you to go to our website and request our children's book, God is Love. Mm -hmm. And it's a great resource. It's uh, not very long, and it will teach them a framework that you can build on from there. And it's beautifully illustrated, and you can get yourself a cup. So go to our website, request it, and see how we can get that to you. And that would be a great place to start. And it will give you a framework uh, teaching children that God is the creator and that he loves and how his methods and principles work and that when we slip or fall or make mistakes. God is like a loving mommy or daddy that is there to help pick us up and bandage the wounds and heal the damage and get us back on track. In other words, you're saying that we need to really emphasize the fact that God is love, not God is some kind of judge or some kind of fire and brimstone kind of guy. Well, that's exactly right. And the way we do that is we teach them how reality works. Mm-hmm. When mommy and daddy says don't play in the street, it's not because mommy and daddy like to make up rules that mommy and daddy want to protect the child from getting hurt. When mommy and daddy says brush your teeth, it's not like they make up, want to make up rules. It's to protect the teeth from getting cavities, which will mm-hmm. cause the child pain. And so everything that a healthy mommy and daddy tells 
their child to do. There's a reason that's based on how reality works that's in the best interest of the child, even though the child can't understand it. And that's how it is with God. Everything he tells us to do has a reason that sometimes we can understand it very clearly and see it. Sometimes we can't. But they are all based on reality, how reality works. For instance, some Christians still don't understand why God says, thou shalt know other gods before me. They think it's because, well, he's powerful and and he he's a jealous God and he'll get mad if you worship another God and, and he'll punish and therefore you shouldn't worship other gods. This is all false. This is childish thinking. No, there's the law of worship. By beholding, we become changed. We're the highest created beings on planet Earth, and there's nothing on Earth we can worship that will advance us. Anything on Earth we worship degrades us. God wants us to grow to the highest pinnacles of development uh, possible, and so he says to worship him the infinite one, because in worshiping the infinite one, we never stop developing, advancing, and growing. And so it is for our good, he says this, not for his need, but the infant, the child who doesn't understand why they should brush their teeth will say, why are you brush your teeth. Well, if I don't, my mommy will punish. Mm. Okay, well, that's okay for the little child. We hope you grow up soon and realize, no, that's not really the reason to brush your teeth. That's the reason, sadly, many Christians are still worshiping God, because they think that if they don't, he'll punish. We hope, and God hopes, that you will soon grow up and worship him because he is an amazing God of love, and you want to become like him. Mm -hmm. Amen to that. Question number four, Dr. Jennings, I hear a lot about healthy eating these days. What have you found to be the best way to feed a healthy brain? Which foods work best? Oh, well, so there's so many foods. I will tell you the two diets that have been shown. If I start listing foods, you know, essentially all the vegetables and all the berries and all the, so lot, lots and lots of foods out there that are healthy. But the two diets that have been shown consistently to result in better brain volume, better cognitive performance as one ages are the whole food vegan diet, which is lots of fruits, nuts, grains, and vegetables, mm -hmm. or the Mediterranean diet, which is high in fish oil and fruits and vegetables with low red meats in the diet. So this is the, the two diets that have been consistently shown to have the best longevity for your, for your living long time, having best cognitive and mental performance and best brain volume. The worst diet is the American diet, fast food, junk food, high fat, high sugar. These diets are, are very unhealthy. All right. I think we have time for one more here. It's question number five, Dr. Jennings. I worry a lot about money. I have a job and make a pretty good income, but I still worry. What should I do? So all worry, whether it's worry about money or worry about anything else, is resolved when we trust God with the outcome. Hmm. And we have a relationship with the Savior that we believe is watching over us, and we allow for possibilities that we can't fully understand. And so we step back and we evaluate, am I fulfilling my responsibilities to the best of my ability? Then I will trust God with how things turn out. And so many times financial difficulties can come that are of no fault of a person. We want to make sure that we aren't you know, gambling our money away. Right. We aren't spending it frivolously, using our money on lots of personal indulgence and entertainment and trips that we can't afford. But if we're being responsible, reasonably so, with our resources, and then we run into financial difficulty, we need to trust God with how things turn out because often he will be bringing something good. I had a patient recently who lost a job and they were very distressed by that and they were crying and what's the Lord and all this and so forth and so on. And they were terribly afraid of their financial future. And because they lost the job, they went out and looked for another job and they ended up getting hired at another job that increased their salary by almost 50%. <laughs> but they wouldn't have had the salary increase had they not mm -hmm. lost the job and gone yeah. through the distress. 
of that. I've had others who had a house get foreclosed on because they were behind in it. The, the market changed. If you remember, it got to upside down. A lot of mortgages were upside down, and that house got foreclosed, and, and they were all distressed over that. But then they got another house that was actually better, uh, less mortgage, less payments, and they're much more financially secure now. So they went through a painful experience, but the outcome was better for them. And so many people do struggle with these worries. And, and I would say that all of those have to be under the umbrella of trusting God with outcomes that we can't see and take it to the Lord because he has ways to deliver that we can't deliver as long as we are not being negligent in the responsibilities that are ours. I like that because it reminds me of the version of all things work together for good to them that love God. And then there's that one little add-on sentence and are called according to his purpose. That seems to be the secret. We need to know that God is in charge and we be, need to be looking at the way he's leading us. Am I right in saying that? That is exactly right. And we don't get caught up into this idea that our financial state in any way indicates our relationship with God. Mm. The book of Job shows that he lost all of his wealth yeah. and it was no fault of his own. He didn't mismanage anything. He was under an attack from the devil. And so sometimes the devil attacks people through their finances or other circumstances to bring about distress to get people to become frustrated or fearful. And one of the devil's ways of controlling us is through fear. We want to battle that fear in a trust relationship with God and say, okay, Lord, I've done everything I can. I'm going to have to trust you with this outcome. And I look for your deliverance. And when you see that deliverance in those circumstances, when you fulfilled your responsibilities and you wait patiently for the Lord's deliverance, then what happens is your fear goes down and your faith increases as the Lord delivers you, but it may not come in the time or the way you, you thought. All right, very good. Another Q&A with Dr. J on the books. Thank you, Dr. J, for doing that. Listener, we have a website, comeandreason.com. Dr. Jennings has made available a lot of resources there, books and DVDs, television programs, and his blogs. Read those on a regular basis, please. You'll love those. And he talks about everything, anything and everything. It's right there at comeandreason.com. Dr. Jennings, as always, thank you so much for your guidance today. Appreciate it. Thank you, Charles. And listener, until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. Tim Jennings wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for spending time with us today. To continue the journey, I urge you to visit comeandreason.com. Here you'll find many excellent resources to help you gain a deeper understanding of the God we all love and serve. That's at comeandreason.com. This is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, inviting you to join us the next time we come and reason together. <music>